I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So the Bucs are down to just one starter in their secondary, it looks like, for this next week's game, I guess, against the Miami Dolphins. And it's Jordan Whitehead, uh, who was injured at the beginning of the season. He now is the lone survivor, I guess you would call it. Antoine Winfield Jr. late in that game on Sunday night suffered what they think is a concussion and because the team did not get in until like 6 a.m. on Monday morning uh, the concussion protocol is such that they do not expect him to necessarily be cleared in time uh, to play on Sunday. You've got to go through a battery of tests um, and steps along the way in order to uh, to be able to be put back on the football field. So that's a that's another tough break in and this you know this one position group Steve Versnick is just that's what you hope you don't have right and they've got other injuries we'll talk about but when when it's the same group in this case defensive backs and it was a young group to begin with um, that's that's danger although um, I'll say this I I don't know that Richard Sherman played that great but it was unbelievable to me that he played fifty eight out of fifty nine defensive snaps had seven tackles a fumble recovery. And didn't totally get exposed. He did have a pass interference. So that turns out to have been a pretty good acquisition right about now. And and you expect he'll get better. I mean, you know, think about it. So a week ago he's sitting on the couch like you and I watching football games. Yeah. Um, you know, so he comes in, doesn't know the playbook fully, although I don't think that was a big hurdle for him. I think it's just, you know, I mean, he also didn't play much last year. So it's getting up to football speed, getting back in the groove. You know, you're a little older, which means it probably takes you a little longer to get back. And and so, you know, while he didn't have a good game and he even tweeted that, you know, not my best effort, but it'll get better, blah, 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 I, I couldn't agree that it, it, it will get better. And it has to get better for this team because when you're without Sean Murphy bunting, you're without Jamel Dean, you might be without Carlton Davis, you're mm-hmm. without Antoine Winfield Jr. this week, presumably. I mean, you need help back there. I mean, this is the worst nightmare for a team is a position group that you probably weren't deep in to begin with, and you're racking up injury after injury after injury. And that's what derails sees. I mean, look at the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line last Super Bowl. Absolutely. You know, yep. And now, healthy offensive line doesn't mean they'd win that Super Bowl, but I think that game would have been a lot different had they had a healthy offensive line. No question. I mean, Mahomes ran 500 yards for his life in that game, and, and it absolutely affected them. And you credit them just to get back to the Super Bowl with uh, four of the five offensive linemen no longer with them from the previous year, you know the you got to credit to the Buck scouting department. I mean, you know, there's not like there are certain positions in the NFL you just can't find on a couch. One of them is defensive back. They just don't exist. If you're any good at defensive back, believe me, you're in a camp, and you're in a camp probably by um, you know late July, early August. And so you know Sherman's situation was rare in that. You know, he probably would have gone to a team, and then he had the incident in July, um, the legal situation, you know, with a, with a DUI, about six or seven misdemeanors. Um, I think that certainly, you know, scared some teams off because they didn't know what he was dealing with from that standpoint. He's done a lot of work, you know, in terms of counseling and medication and different things, and it looks like 
from a legal standpoint, that won't be adjudicated till after the first of the year. So, but it took some time, I think, for people to sort of check on him, check on his situation, see where he was at. And, you know, in the case of the Bucks, you're asking a guy who's had some problems, obviously, domestically to, to fly and, and live three, you know, 2,500 miles away. And, and he's never been outside the West Coast. His family, including his wife and kids, live in Seattle. So you couldn't be any further away unless you were in Miami. And so, you know, all of that was, was probably a factor in, in sort of the delays in getting him here. But, you know, really, if, you, if you're just talking about guys like Pierre Desir or Richard Robinson, I mean, they've found guys who have played in this league um, and some that have played for Todd Bowles so that they can communicate. And they, they've made it simple, you know, I mean, on Sherman, you know, and he's not playing in the slot. But you got to be able to communicate what the defense is, what your coverage is. And so, you know, all of that is, is very important. But, um, I, you know, again, like there was a next-gen stat that said they completed, I think, all like – six of six in in passes that were in his general area he was the closest defensive back to um and so he didn't you know have a lot of uh, or any I don't think pass defensed um but like I mentioned he did have seven tackles some of those were down the field he did have a fumble recovery which was absolutely huge Mm -hmm. and and more than that he held up guys didn't run past him he had the pass interference which was eh, kind of ticky tack I thought Uh, yeah you know, at best, both guys were kind of grabbing each other. But, um, you know, again, three days, three days in Tampa, three days learning the defense, three days going through any kind of workouts. I think he's going to be a very sore man this week. I think he's going to wake up or probably did wake up on Monday going, what have I just done to myself? Because to play, a, a, a you know, 58 snaps in an NFL game after having done very little except the Peloton and some other things to try to keep your cardio up is just really tough, you know. And um, so, you know, it, it's it, it's kind of being held together. I think they're fortunate in that the next couple of weeks, although Jalen Hurts, you know, has put up some numbers, but they're not playing explosive offenses per se. Um, I thought their defense played better overall. We talked about that um, the other night, and um, they definitely got know, more they, pressures. And I think, yeah. I think, look, it's time for the defensive line. These next couple of weeks are going to have to step up. You're going to have to help those defensive backs by getting more pressure on the quarterbacks. Yeah. And, and they did a better job against the Patriots than they had the first three weeks. But, you know, from Joe, Joe Tryon, Shawinka, to Vita Vea, to Shaq Barrett, I mean, those guys have to wreak more havoc in the backfield consistently to help these defensive backs out. Yeah, there's no question. And obviously I think they're going to score more than 19 points. I mean, he was looking at this game the other night, and, you know, the Bucks had the ball at the 30 or closer six times in that game and they wound up attempting five field goals they missed one and then they had just the one touchdown which was the ronald jones eight yard run that is not that is the opposite of what they had been until sunday night and and a lot of that if not most of it is a credit to bill bill belichick and and sort of you know the mixing up that he did on tom brady and and not having rob gronkowski i think was was huge too as far as gronkowski goes i mean i don't i don't think there's much hope um, given his situation, although he is a rare bird, that you know they got what two games in ten days, um, you know starting Sunday, and I think it'll be three and eleven total. So it's very difficult to think that you know he will necessarily be back for that. Um, they did say Bruce Arians did say that he thought maybe Jason Pierre-Paul would practice some, 
um, you know, as he did last week. We'll see if, if they get him back sooner than later. And then he also held out hope for, um, you know, Jamel Dean getting back out there because Dean did some things last week and then they shut him down at the end of the week. They said that he couldn't push off, but maybe in a, a few extra days, you know, we'll, we'll know more on Wednesday. Wednesday is really the first work day of the week for NFL players, and that's when the injury reports first come out. So they've got several days to heal up, and if you're Jamel Dean now, you haven't really played for uh, for quite a while, so maybe that thing's starting to settle down. But they definitely need to get some guys back. I think the schedule uh, sort of turns for them a little bit favorably with these next two games against teams that they are better than. doesn't mean you're guaranteed to win. It's the NFL any given Sunday. All of that applies. Um, but, you know, even in the case of O.J. Howard and Cam Brate getting back on the field and, you know, making plays with Brady and the timing and all those things that have to happen, they've got one game under their belt. So they should certainly, you know, be a little better than they were, I think, heading into that Sunday night game. And, and the biggest thing is this thing was a spectacle. I mean, look, I'm exhausted. We we just, you know, I, I don't fly with the team, but I but I do travel. And, and so whether you're in coach or you're on the charter, it really doesn't matter. In both cases, you know, we've had what amounts to two red-eye flights in, in, you know, overnight in two Sundays because we we're on the West Coast in L.A. That game got over uh, Eastern time probably about, I don't know, 10, uh, let's see, it was probably about 7.30, 8 o'clock uh, on overnight flight. I think they got home at 4 a.m. It took me all day. And then and then the game, you know, last night it was so late, and, and because Brady was late after his meeting with Belichick and all of that, um, the team did not get in till 6 a.m., on Monday morning, that's a that's a that's a late arrival or an early arrival, I guess you would say. The sun is up, and you played a Sunday night game, and it was in Boston. It wasn't in it wasn't in California. So, so wait a minute, they, they got in back. about the same time we recorded the podcast. That's roughly <laughs> yes. They were probably on the plane when we were recording the podcast, so they could have downloaded it as they were uh, taxiing to the uh, you know to to the hangar. But um, yeah, it was it, so. You know they're they're going to be a tired football team, and this is what you know you got to worry about. Uh, of course, after the Dolphins game, and Bruce is really great about giving guys their legs back, and they got a veteran team, so he has to do that. But after the Dolphins game, you know for Thursday night football, you don't practice at all. I mean, you just you know you basically go out there in shorts, and, and players don't like not having the recovery time that they need. But um, by the same token, most of them will tell you that they love a week where they don't practice. And they really love, and then they get the weekend week. off afterwards. Right, you get an extra four days, so they really love that. So you know it works both ways, but it'll be a good time for them to get a little bit of rest. But I, I can tell you, you know, and some guys are battling illness. I mean, Devin White's voice was bad. My voice is starting to go. Uh, Tom Brady's, of course, went last week. So you know, you're getting to that time of year where lack of sleep, travel, all of that, you know, starts to affect you. And and then you got to you know, hope that COVID doesn't doesn't pop up because. You know, we saw what a difference Antonio Brown makes. You know, they lost him for the Chargers game or the um, the Rams game. Could could he have made a difference? Absolutely, he could have made a difference in that game. You know, they lost Scotty Miller early, and you know you had you know you had you know Tyler Johnson come in and and do some things. If you'd have had a B for that entire game, you see how comfortable Brady is with him. He might have been a difference maker. So. Um, got to get some guys back, got to get them healthy and, and winning is the thing, you know, that's, that's the takeaway is that Brady found a way to win. Um, and you know, he's got his team at three and one. They're well, not a finished product. That is a big key is they're, they're three and one, but be, they have all these injuries, but because they were able to win that game and, and go three and one, 
you can not rush Gronkowski back so much. And, and right. you know, you don't you don't have to feel that pressure of, you know, this is a must win week. And, you know, because, you know, if you lose this week, you're three and two, not two and three. And, you know, right now you're tied with Carolina top the division. You know, you're not you're not trailing them anymore. Right. You know, and it, those it, those know. two Carolina games, by the way, are like weeks uh, uh, 16 and 18 right. in a, in a, with a bye week, a seven and 17 game schedule. But when you win early in the season, it allows you to work through some things a little easier and you don't have that, you know, panic button or urgency button so much where, right. you know, you know, Gronkowski's got a punctured lung and four cracked ribs and you're going, well, maybe he could play this week. You know, yeah. you can say, well, we need let's, you big guy. we need you later in the season more than we need you this week because we build up some cushion. Absolutely. And that's where, you know, winning early in the season. We saw this last year with the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, they got off to a mm-hmm. tremendous start in that season. Yeah. And so yeah. when they had some injuries down the stretch and weren't playing as well, it wasn't critical because they had built up such a big cushion early in the season. They were going to make the playoffs. It wasn't a question of that. And allowed them to even rest some guys or not rush them back from injury so quickly, so that they were more ready for the playoffs. Um, you know, so you know, winning that game and, and going two and two, you're one and one on the road right now. I mean, that's you know, look, if you can go 500 at home and or, you know, win all your home games and go 500 on the road, that's a tremendous season in the NFL. Well, the right. Bucks are right on pace with that, and maybe their two toughest road games are already behind them. The Rams, because they, of how talented they are, and the Patriots, yeah. because of everything else around that game. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I think that if you looked at those two games and said, you know, if you went one and one, that's certainly better than, than losing them both. And it is very early. Um, you know, th- there are other teams. We don't know the whole story. I mean, you know, if the Rams were to lose a Matthew Stafford for a while, um, you know, a, a, a Cooper Cup, you know, we saw what Arizona did. What if Kyler Murray goes down? Arizona right now is the best team in the NFC West. The team that I, I just don't see losing and they're not a they're not a complete team. They're just in an easy division, and again, still a lot of football to play. I still think that the NFC Championship game will will probably go through Green Bay again because I think there's going to be enough enough teams in the West that'll knock each other off and you know give give somebody the champion over there probably will probably come out of there with four losses maybe. But for the last two years, you know the Packers have gone thirteen and three. Now they got a seventeen game schedule, but are they going to lose more than three games? Really? You know, I I don't know that they will because I don't think their division is, is any good at all. I think they're going to roll over teams like Detroit and and probably Minnesota, and we'll see if Justin Fields, who's a rookie, can can win a game against them, but probably not. Um, so I think that you know, as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy and he doesn't lose his cast around him, they got problems. Their defense isn't that great, um, but it's very likely that we could see the championship game go back through Green Bay and. So you want to pile up wins. You know, that's what Brady does the best, and he always says that the season doesn't really begin until after Thanksgiving. Um, you want to be playing your best football. We're a long way from that. We're just in the start of October. So. I, did, no, I just looked up. Green Bay's got a stretch coming up. They play the Cardinals on Sunday night in Arizona. Mm. The next Sunday they are in Kansas City. Okay, good football. All right. Then the next Sunday they have the Seahawks at home. Okay. Then they're at the Vikings, and then they get the Rams at home. So that's four right, so out of five tough games in a row, right four, there. Four stretch. out of five, and, and and if they if they lose, you know, if they lose three of those, which is unlikely, but if they lost three, they'd have four losses in in, in, in a seventeen game yep. season. And they still have to go to the Ravens later in the year. 
Right, which could be a uh, that could so, matter to the Ravens. Yeah. So yeah, so their their schedule is is not as easy a as I thought. Tougher I mean, outside, yeah. yeah. The division is what it is, right? But you know they, they've it's actually they got to stretch. They're coming up uh, starting October twenty eighth for five weeks. It's pretty tough. Well, they play the NFC West, which is you know to mm-hmm. the Bucks uh, credit because yes. you know that that's a tough division, and and you just mentioned Seattle and the Cardinals and San Francisco. They've already played, um, and I think you know had Jimmy Garoppolo not gotten hurt. You know that that might have been a different, uh, you know, an outcome for them last week. But but now they're they have the AFC North too. So you've got the Ravens, the Browns. They already beat the yeah. Steelers, the Bengals. Right, not, Bengals are looking better. Yeah, yeah, they're three and one. Like I said, long year, but I'm just looking at you know, and 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 you know, we don't know what Carolina is yet. I don't think you can look at them and say, well, they're they're a really good three and one team that's going to be eight and two. I mean, they may be a three and one team that's going to be four and five. You know, um, it's just too early. And if these injuries continue on the Buck side of things, then at some point, you know, here, here's what hasn't happened. And I'm not trying to jinx anybody, so send your emails to Steve Versnick. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the guys around Brady, when I say the guys, I mean the big guys. I mean I mean the offensive linemen. As long as they are getting through games and, and keeping him relatively clean and you don't have a situation because – you know, Mahomes is mobile and, and almost to his detriment. So he's able to escape pressure at times. We know where Brady's going to be all the time, which is good and bad for an offensive line. But, um, you know, they, they they at least haven't been attacked in that area. Uh, well, Brady not, looked pretty good you know, uh, on the move on, on Sunday night. He did make a nice throw and a great scramble. Mm-hmm. And I love the way he kind of spun the ball on his finger down on the ground. That was cool. Mm-hmm. It was like a new meme for him. So, yeah, he uh, he had a good time. He was very relieved that it was over and – uh, you know, I think um, I think fatigue, uh, of just the emotion of it all. You know, there's emotional energy that you spend on things like this. The family, he said he's done in the ticket business. He's had three games now. The first one, the one in California, and this one, he goes, I'm out of the business. You know, so many extended family want to come, and uh, he's had to deal with all of that. So uh, we'll see if things settle down. Meanwhile, uh, I'm looking forward to tonight because I love this one game playoff thing or play in game I guess between the Yankees and the Red Sox. But I wanted chaos. I wanted game 163. I know. I mean, you know, can't we help the Rays out here? Although Red Sox Yankees ESPN's are drooling over this game tonight. So. Oh god, you think? Yeah. Not as much yeah. as the Patriots and we didn't even talk about the Patriots and Bucks. Oh. Second most watched Sunday night football game ever. That's crazy, man. Behind the Redskins and Cowboys. To end the 2012 season, week 17, winner advanced, loser went home. Well, that was for a division title, most right. likely. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that was the most watched Sunday night football game ever, uh, mm. nine years ago on week 17. This was a week four game in 2021. Most 28.5 million. That's a lot of people, man. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It's just. It's unfathomable when you think about how many how many TV sets and how many people had that tuned on. Wasn't a great game. You know, the game itself wasn't wasn't uh, you know sort of pretty. I guess you would say because the elements had a big thing to do about it. He had yeah. a lot of field goals in the game, but it was competitive, and there was some drama at the end. And then you know everybody had to stay awake to see what Belichick and Brady would do. And as it turns out, that was just Act One. You know, and and then I guess they they worked some things out. I think Belichick came out of this looking pretty good overall. I mean, I don't know, you know, if it's a magnanimous gesture to walk to the other locker room, but they probably haven't really hashed out things that are like in the book and 
um, you know, uh, th- that was on all the stations and all the television shows and the, and sort of the narratives that were out there um, about him, you know, when it all came apart and uh, different things. What if it, what if it was it, just them, those two in a room, just yucking it up, laughing at how the media for the last two years has had them at arms end, and all they're doing is cracking jokes with each other and laughing. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe. I mean, I Brady don't think that's what happened, but it'd be funny if it no. was. Yeah, if they I mean, put, Brady, if they've been putting on charades for two years of. Right, they're you know, buys us. Yeah, it's kind of kind of like kind of like how I really feel now about Tom Jones. Only like if that was a Ooh. joke, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he's not on the air much anymore. In case you guys, you're gonna know. have to have a 24 minute private meeting and hash it out. <clears throat> Maybe we'll see. We'll see what we do there. You can at Tom W Jones at uh, Pointer dot org if you want to figure out what went wrong. Um, so anyway. <laughs> I love creating drama when there is none. Uh, we're on to tomorrow's podcast. <laughs> yeah, we are. I've obviously, known Tom a long time. Speaks for himself. Talented, talented guy. But uh, he chose to get out of the business. So, yeah. But as for tonight's broadcast of ESPN Boston, New York, what do you think? Winner, winner goes on to face the Rays Thursday night. Eight o'clock is game one. Seven o'clock is game two on Friday, and then yeah. four o'clock on Sunday would be game three in either New York or Boston for that game. Here's what I think I think, as Peter King would say. I think that the Rays don't want, if they had their druthers, I love that word, druthers. It's kind of a Southern thing, I think. If they had their druthers, they would rather play the Boston Red Sox than the New York Yankees. There's something about the evil empire and you know, those two big bats in the middle of the lineup, Judge and Stanton, you just don't know what you're going to deal with. I know the other night, you know, the Rays were out there and, and they had given up all of one hit and they're in the ninth inning. Um, wound up losing on a walk-off uh, by Judge. But um, you know, at times, you know, you still got Chapman who isn't infallible, but he's still, you know, a legit, you know, strike, swing and miss guy at the back of that bullpen. They got some other guys down there. Um, I just think that, 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 that the Red Sox are not – equipped to go deep now anything can happen in a best of five series you know you you definitely have to start out and they got home field and they definitely you know have to start out fast uh you don't want to fall down 2-0 for sure but you know it'd be good to go up um but it's a short series and so you know from that standpoint i i think i think they're in good shape but i i think if you gave truth serum to the rays they would tell you We'd rather face Boston, so I think they're going to be rooting for the Red Sox. I don't, I don't know, because here's the thing: New York's pitching staff is better, but I don't think their offense is very good. I mean, yeah, they've got a couple big hitters in there. Boston's offense can string together, you know, hit after hit after hit, and start, you know, hitting you around a little bit. You know, Yankees can go yard, no question. But you know, so I, I don't know. But I, you know, do you want? Do you want to face the better offense? You want to face the better pitching staff? Well, I mean, for my money, uh, I, I just I think I want to face the team that I can score the most runs on. And, and the reason I say that is, um, I think they're going to need to score a lot of runs. I I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't trust that. First of all, even if you know Kevin Cash had Sandy Koufax in his prime, he might not go more than five innings with today's you know analytics, but. At the end of the day, they're going to be using a lot of pitchers, and we've talked about how it just takes one guy to be a little off. And you know, I think I think you're going to need to score. You know, instead of winning three to two, which you might have to do, you're going to have to try to win six to four a few games. And 
Um, and we know how many runs they've scored after the seventh inning. Their lineup is deep. They got guys coming off the bench that are deep. Um, you know, so from that standpoint, I think the real weakness of the Red Sox is their bullpen. And mm-hmm. uh, I would I would not be afraid to you know to be behind a couple runs late against the Red Sox bullpen. I've seen it time and time and time again all year. That's been the story, and I don't think they've done anything to improve it. Whereas, you know, there are some proven arms down there in the Yankees. So, I, look at the end of the day, as I say, you're going to have to if they play raised baseball. This is a team that won a hundred games, and they scored the most runs they ever had. It's a franchise record. They're they're as deep as they can be, you know, left-handed or right-handed. Uh, doesn't really seem to matter who's who's on the mound. I, I just think that if they play the way they play with the defense that they have, if guys pitch well enough, um, you know, they should get by whoever uh, they, they face in the first round, and then we'll see. I mean, you know, uh, it could be Houston waiting for them. It could be somebody else, but um, – you know, this is a this is a great raised baseball team, and and I think they were they were playing good ball at the end of the year. Guys that didn't hit last year in the postseason, like Brandon Lau, couldn't have been hotter with his three home runs the other you know the other day. So, uh, Wander Franco, difference maker, just a difference maker, man. You know, just just not many Wander Francos roaming around out there. Randy Arozarena knows what time it is. It's the fall, you know, and 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 no one had a better postseason than he did a year ago. So. You know, I think all of that, uh, I would be very confident if I was on that Rays team, and, and I think they will be. And, and, you know, they won the East. You know, they, they are the two-time Eastern champions, uh, AL East champions, so they, they, they don't have to take a backseat to anybody. They've won at Yankee Stadium. They've won at Fenway. Um, they've dominated at times, so, you know, they should be fine. But I, ju- I just believe, if, if you were telling me, I, I think the Red Sox are a better matchup. I don't know why. Their lineup's pretty potent. But I, I think they're a better matchup. I was talking to a buddy of mine, Mike, who listens to the podcast uh, Sunday before games 162 all happened. And we were just talking about, you know, wanting chaos in Seattle and Toronto to get into a tie with Boston, New York and that. Yeah. But he said the one thing that I, I, I'm confident about going in is all three teams in the American League East, forget Baltimore, but the teams that were competing. Yeah. Boston, New York, Toronto. Toronto. All three of them in the last month, month and a half, maybe two months, were on tremendous hot streaks. Yes. That the Rays stopped. That's right. You're right. All three teams were on tremendous rolls, and then they faced the Rays, and, and that Shut ended. Shut them down. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, that should give the Rays and fans some confidence of, you know, despite whatever happens tonight in New York, Boston, and if whatever team goes out and wins 28 to 2 or something, you know, just, you know, the Rays. The Rays have, you know, and, and look, there's familiarity with these teams. Whether it's Boston or New York, they know these teams inside now, and they know the Rays too. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't think either team – I don't think – the Rays aren't scared of either team. I mean, if you want to face one or the other, fine. I think, they, I think they're I think they confident going against either one of these two teams. Yeah, I, and I they should be. Being in the yeah. same division, I, I think they're, they're confident in it. They've got no issues. You know, if anything, root for 16 innings tonight. There you go. Because yeah. first of all, there's no runner at second in extra innings. Then go forever. Play it's the forever. Post, it's the postseason now, so yeah. you've got to manufacture a run from the plate, not from second base. And so any extra inning games may go a lot longer than what we saw during the regular season. And you have to use your best. There's no tomorrow. This isn't one of those where you know it's Johnny Holstaff night. Yep. You know, if you you can't say, well, I'm holding back a guy to start game one of the ALDS. Yep. No, you've got to pitch everybody. So. Yep. 
you know, yeah, you get into a, an extended game or some some high leverage situations, you don't know who's going to come out of the pen and maybe burn themselves out. Plus, I, look, I expect the trop to be what it was two years ago, and I was there for you know games three and three and four. Now you consider that they have home field advantage, so if it goes to five games, you're you're back at the trop. That place was electric. I think it will be again. You know, the 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 sign notwithstanding that um, they wisely decided not to put up in right field. Well, well it will be interesting how many will be Rays fans and how many Yankees or Red Sox fans will be there. I mean, the advantage they had two years ago was it was the Astros. And, That's true. That's know, a good point. You didn't point. have Astros fans there. It's a good point. You will have some New York and Boston. Now, how many and, and you know, how many Rays fans have already bought the tickets up? We'll see. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's where it, it's going to be a little different than it was two years ago. And, and it's clearly yeah. because, you know, it was Houston. I mean, that's why I, I kind of said all along, I'd rather have Seattle or Oakland have won the wild right. card. Absolutely. Because they, they, no they weren't going to have any here. fans in the building. Right. Yeah. You no, know, they're, they're, you're right. So that'll be an interesting, you know, Toronto would have been better than Boston or New York too. There'd be less fans. I mean, Toronto would have some here, I think, but less than what you'd probably get with Boston or New York. Yeah, but don't you know that all of Toronto's fans live here in the summer and then go back up there in the winter? Kind of like what? Yeah, well, I mean, the snowbirds, I mean, it is October, so they're starting to come down, so. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's why I said. They'd have some, but I don't think it's Toronto already awesome. has the deal, in other words, that Sternberg wants, right? Where yeah, you, well. you commute. He wants us all to have, like, summer homes in Montreal. It's not going to happen. Um, but certainly plenty of people from Canada come down here. But now you're right. There's a, there'll be, look, you're not going to keep Yankee fan away. You're not going to keep Red Sox fan away. I think in some ways that makes it even better though, because what's better if you're a Rays fan than to do the Yankees or the Red Sox in your building with all those people there having to slink out of your own building. Go, ah, ha, 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 you know, um, you get the last laugh. And unfortunately some of them are your neighbors, but uh, you can't change that, you know. A lot of them have moved here, and that's just the way that goes. That's why we're in the situation we're in. But yeah, we had a kid um, on my son's baseball team Saturday was out there. I'm one of the assistant coaches, so we're out in the field, and and he's and I'm in he's in right field at this time, so I'm out there, and I was like, "It's a good thing I like you." And he looked at me, and I go, "Because I don't like that hat." He had a Yankees hat on. <laughs> he's like, "You don't like the Yankees?" I'm like, "No, no, nobody else here does either." <laughs> He was a little offended by it. Eight year old kid. My dad does. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you from, kid? Ah, my mom and dad are from New York. Yeah. Now we know. And I, I wish I just wish that, you know, um and I don't have anything to compare this to really. I mean, you know, my wife's from Chicago and, and, and she will, you know, when Madden went up there and we knew him, she she's been a Cubs fan. Um, you know, obviously she grew up in, you know, the era of Michael Jordan and all that, but um, you know, the Blackhawks come and play. She's never once, you know, even though she followed the Chicago teams, my kids, they're all Tampa Bay, you know, like mm-hmm. the lightning are their deal. It doesn't matter that the stinking Blackhawks come here and she's from Chicago. Yep. So I just, you know, if you're, if you're raising kids here, let them, let them have a local team and, yeah. you know, let them enjoy what, what you did growing up in some other city. And you were a fan of that, t- that city's team. And, you know, we we have them here and let them let mm-hmm. them hopefully grow up and do that. But I mean, I understand how it happens, right? Yep. Mom or dad are, oh, are yeah. loyal to one. And his dad, his dad was pleading with me. This is Saturday morning. Just let us win so we can get in the, the wild card. You don't need you guys have clinched everything. It's okay. Yeah, I was yeah, like, exactly. no, we want to knock you out. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. I was on I was on a, uh, a radio show with the EEI before the whole Brady thing, uh, Brady and Belichick, and um, up there in Boston. And they were asking me, uh, they said, oh, well, uh, uh, Brady's kind of stolen all the thunder. 
Oh, the Thunder from the Rays, eh? Any talk about the Rays down there? I'm like, no, I don't know. I mean, you know, they're defending American League East champions two years in a row. Have the Red Sox gotten in yet? I asked them. I was like, you know, just curious. Have they gotten? Oh, they haven't. Okay. Um, but I really think it's Tom Brady because whatever city he's been, whether it's been at Michigan when the Red Wings, you know, were really, really good. And uh, I think maybe, I don't know if the Pistons were good back then or not, or the Tigers. But Tigers, I mean, that's what, you know, he was in Michigan late 90s. Yeah, they probably weren't so. that great back then, but maybe. But then, Tigers better, then than the, the, better than they have been. But we know that he had, the Pistons you know, the were still, you know, they were not quite as good. They were good in the late 80s. The Boston teams, though, took yeah. off when Brady got there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, yeah, all those teams, right? Mm-hmm. The, the Red Sox won their World Series, and, and then, mm-hmm. you know, certainly the, uh, you know, the Celtics won a championship. So, yeah, you know, Brady came, Brady Brady came here, and it's been three boat parades already. Hopefully, the Rays can make it a fourth. Certainly. The Rowdies have clinched a playoff yeah. spot, uh, so they're back in go. the playoffs again for the USL. I mean, you know, Champa Bay. Yeah, that's awesome, Champa Bay, baby. So we do have some uh, some mailbag questions today, and uh, we'll get to a few of those. And, and uh, if we don't answer them all, we'll, we'll hit some up uh, later this week for sure. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, Ellis asked, is it more impressive or more concerning that the Bucks haven't played close to their best game yet, but have managed to win three of their first four games? Well, I, I mean, I guess impressive. I don't know how impressed I am with them. They're, they're clearly not playing at the level, and, and I don't know any way they would have played at the level that they finished the season with. I think offensively, they're a, a lot further ahead than they were this time a year ago. I mean, you know, Tom Brady was still trying to learn how to call the plays, much less execute them. So, I think the timing and you know the the coordination and, and, and sort of the understanding that Byron Leftwich has with Brady, um, whether it, whether it shows on the field. I mean, they've been up until the other night they've been scoring over thirty points a game for like ten straight games. So, um, you know, you got to score a lot of points to beat these guys. I think you still do. Um, I know, you know, it, it would have only taken twenty the other night, but I think you know that's that's going to be the uh, the outlier. And again, you credit Belichick. Not everybody can do that, but. I think they're disappointing in this sense, and, and injuries are a big part of it. But defensively, that was you know the, the Patriots game was was their best game. Um, you saw pressure on the quarterback. You saw uh, four sacks. I think you saw um, you know forced fumbles, splash plays that that had not had not been there previously. Now you know they don't have the group of receivers and and, and weapons. They got some good tight ends, but uh, and a rookie quarterback, which he's going to hold the ball, and so. You know, Todd Bowles was able to, to dial up the blitzes at the right time, but he still did a good job of getting it out for the most part. Uh, he, he was pretty effective that way. And so I just think they played better on defense. Uh, their best football, I'd be encouraged because they, to me, and it may take it may take weeks. I mean, again, I go back to a year ago, and there was a different circumstance. It wasn't injuries. It was more about just the unfamiliarity with each other. But they were 7-5, and five, and they were not. they did not even look like a playoff team, nor would they have made it. Um, the way they were going. And then, you know, they started to click. And, you know, before long, 
Um, they get to November and, and, and the schedule turns in their favor, much like I think it's going to start to turn a little bit in their favor. And they took off. And, you know, but, but all of this we can talk about in week four. It doesn't mean anything, right? It's such a marathon. And Brady says this all the time. It's like if you're running a marathon, which is what the NFL is, it's a war of attrition, you know, like NASCAR. You know, well, he was winning, led 116 laps and then he, then he blew a head gasket. You know, well, what can you do? You blew a head gasket. You know, it wasn't a good car. Hate it for the crew, right? Let car run good. Um, that's kind of the way it is in the NFL. Like you can be one of the top teams, and then because it's such a, a war of attrition, you lose a few parts. You start leaking oil, and the next thing you know, you're not a good team. You're just an average team, or the good teams are beating you. Um, so that, that's kind of where the NFL is is right now, and it's really hard, as Brady says, if you're running a marathon and you're in mile five, and you look at your watch and you go, wow. That was a really bad mile. I, I might as well just stop running because I just had the worst mile of the five. But you you got 15 miles ahead of you or, or 21 miles ahead of you, you know. So you, you don't just stop because, you know, you don't like the, the picture that you have right now. And I think that's that's what Brady has brought to this franchise is, you know, sort of the urgency of the day. You know, let's just get through today. Let's just let's have a good practice today. Let's get better today. And whoever that is, you know, um, you know, it's it takes more than a fifty-three man roster. The Rays do a great job of that. Everybody on the team. I mean, if you're Ross Cockrell, you didn't start the year thinking, "Hey, I'm going to start." You know, I'm going to be the slot corner all year. And he was working out at safety. Um, you know, there's guys that Richard Sherman and others weren't even a part of this team, and and now they have this great opportunity. So, you know, every time a guy goes down, it's somebody else gets a chance to play and prove themselves and. Um, you know, as long as they're all pulling in the same direction, which they will with Brady here, you'll be fine. But it's just, it's so early. I, I wouldn't get discouraged. I would be encouraged. And, and like you talked about earlier, they're three and one and three and one in this division is first place. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, you haven't played your best ball and you've played some really tough opponents. I mean, you know, say what you want about New England. That defense is good. And that was a hard emotional game on the road. That's a tough place to win in New England. Not many teams go in there and win. That fan base is rabid. And, you know, so you feel pretty good about where you're at. Only thing you could be is one game better. We know what happened in Los Angeles. They, the Rams got theirs on Sunday against the Cardinals at home. So that's the NFL, right? Um, for a week, the Rams were the flavor of the week. They were the best team in the NFC. Now it's the Cardinals, right? Who's it going to be next week? But the Bucks will stay up there so long as, you know, number 12 is healthy. Well, and, and uh, you know, let's look at this too. The first game was against Dallas, who's a better team than maybe we thought going in. Excellent, yeah. You know, they, they beat the Falcons at home like you're supposed to do. Then you go to L.A. and you lose in, in one of the first games there. They've had fans in that stadium, and yep. Matthew Stafford's mm-hmm. there. Then you go yep. to New England, which was an emotional game. Yeah. Uh, in so many levels, in the weather and the injuries and everything else, and you come out with the win. You're 3-1 and one through the toughest – that may be the toughest four-game stretch of your schedule. I think so. I, I think those four games, because the, the Thursday night, there's, again, yeah. and think about the focus. Like Every game's a big game because you're Super Bowl champ. So you start Thursday night against the Cowboys. Well, it's the only game on TV. It's the start of the NFL season. It's America's team, who's pretty good, by the way, and everybody's worried about Dak. Dak is having an MVP season. He looks better this year than he did before he got hurt. So you come out against them, and you know you get a last-minute field goal in a shoot-em-out game. Um and and it turns out they're a really good team. I mean, I, I think if, if they don't have injuries, I think they're going to be better and better each week, and I think they're going to win the East, and you're going to see them sometime in the playoffs. Uh, we know the Rams are good. We knew it going into the season. They didn't 
they didn't show you anything that wouldn't lead you to believe that now. Uh, and and the game in, in New England was always going to be an emotional game. You didn't know how it was going to go. So, yeah, it's it was a gauntlet just to start the season. And now I think things will settle in a little bit with some of these AFC East teams, uh, some of the NFC East teams that, uh, again, any given Sunday, we all know that. No one's injury-proof, but uh, it's going to be a little easier part of the schedule here coming up and a little more a little more routine. Now, they do have the Thursday night, and that's the thing, too. You play Sunday night, you play Thursday night, you play on the West Coast, you play Monday night, and, and all that's still in front of them. But um, Well, it's the first I, two road games with fans with this team, essentially. I mean, Yeah, and know, over a year, yeah. I mean, Brady Brady wasn't at this t- this team the last time they played in no. full houses before mm-hmm. this season. So, Mm-mm. you know, it, it's th- there's something to be said for that, too, on the road. Absolutely. All right, Randolph asked, could Joe try and Shawinka lead the Bucks in sacks this year? He's currently tied with Shaq Barrett and Golston with two. I absolutely think he could. Yeah, absolutely. He has that kind of talent. And um, if this team goes deep, I mean, you, you could be talking about a rookie of the year candidate. Now, here's why he won't win it, and that would be if Jason Pierre-Paul comes back healthy because he may force himself on the field, but it's a little harder if you've got both Shaq Barrett and uh, JPP you know, in front of you. So – He's getting the reps now, but you don't have to be a, a football junkie to, to look at this guy and see how aggressive he is and see his get-off and the power that he plays with and the speed. Um, again, doing a little better job setting the edge, um, you know, run run integrity, gap integrity, all that stuff you have to learn. But what a powerful athlete and, and what a motivated guy. And, you know, he's playing with, with good players around him and Vita Vea, you know, absolutely forklift, you know, two offensive linemen so he could get the one crushing sack, you know, the other night. And, you know, he's surrounded by good players, and they're not putting too much pressure on him. He's done a good job in coverage too, you know, so he's learning how to drop. And so his game's just going to get better and better. Remember, he didn't play football last year. He didn't put on the pads. He opted out, you know. He he said, I'm not going to play. There was a time when the Pac-12 looked like they weren't going to play. He went to Arizona and started preparing for the draft. So this guy hasn't played football in over a year since 2019, and he's already doing this. So yeah, Collinsworth, seven, Chris Collinsworth on the broadcast Sunday was talking about, and he meets with the, the players and, and the coaches before each game Yeah, when you have the, mm-hmm. the rights to the game. And he talked about how, you know, Tryon Schwinka's learning how to play slower. Yes. That, you know, when he, when he first started, it was just use my speed and rush around the edge every time. Right. Right, and now mm-hmm. he's learning that sometimes you can slow down a little bit and come back inside. And you and they they showed a couple of plays where he did that, particularly the one when Vita Vea just took two guys yeah. straight mm-hmm. forward. You know, but it, it's learning how to pick your spots and be patient there. That's right, and, and give the the offensive lineman a different look, not just I'm going around your outside every time. Which yeah. sometimes you get home, sometimes you don't. But when you've got the threat of doing going inside or stunting and other things with it. And that's all yeah. part of a rookie learning. And look, when you've got guys like Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett on that line helping you and teaching you that stuff, you know, and, mm. and you've got the talent that he's got naturally. I mean, you know, yeah. the sky's the limit for that kid. I don't. I mean, he's got more more athletic ability than Shaq Barrett. Mm-hmm. I think now Shaq has terrific get off and bend. I'm not. I'm not degrading him, but I mean, Joe, you just have to mm-hmm. look at him and you know, um, he's a freak athletically. So. You know, the power is there, and, and right now he's, you know, like most guys come to the league, they use their speed and their get-off to be an edge rusher, go around the side. Then you start to, you know, use your power and bull rush, and then you start to counter with your hands. And The technique 
of playing that position is everything. You know, um, it's about hand placement. It's about countering uh, what the offensive line does and setting them up and all those things. And they were running games like we saw with Vita Vea. And so, yeah, he's he's always going to affect the game. And that's the thing that Bruce Arians has said that like, even if he's wrong, he could be right. You know, um, could also let out some big plays. But there are going to be times where he's just going to be such a powerful, quick guy that he's going to run into stuff and he's just going to mess it up because. He's just he's just that kind of cat, you know, and um, I, I think he's off to a great start. And on this team, yeah, he's leading leading them in sacks. So it was good to see Shaq Barrett. I think we didn't talk enough about how Shaq, you know, had the microscope on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was saying, "Hey, don't call me Sack Barrett until I get off, you know, get get off the snide here. I only got one sack, three games." He, you know, if not for a horrible call, which Bruce Arians talked about and called the league about, and they agreed with him, um, you know, he Sack or Shaq Barrett. Uh, you know, had a fumble, caused a fumble that was, you know, would have turned the game around. They had the ball at the 17-yard line. And then for some reason, they, they said that the kid didn't make a football move. Well, he, he ran two steps towards the goal line, you know, with the ball kind of put away, and, and Shaq ripped it out, and the Bucks recovered. But he didn't get credit for that. But he had a great game. And, you know, as long as he comes with that kind of intensity every week and I, I know he's accountable. I know he's a guy that realizes they're paying him a lot of money, you know, to to get the numbers, and he's very cognizant of that. So um, I look for him to, you know, to just get better and better. All right, Michael asked us: Are the Bucks planning any pregame ceremonies to acknowledge Tom Brady's achievement as the NFL's all-time passing leader? I'm not aware of any. Um, it's a great, it's a great uh, question. I imagine and they will do something somewhere in the game. I imagine there'll be a scoreboard, you know. Uh, sort of tribute or acknowledgement it could be during a timeout it may not be pre yeah right congratulations tom brady the nfl's all-time passing leader you know that sort of thing um that's the most i think they would do now what i thought was really cool um last night when he came in or early this morning i should say when he came in after his little powwow with belichick he had one of these um one of these bags satchels i don't know what you would call them uh, and you you rarely see Tom with a with a football like he's just you know he's I mean how many footballs Tom Brady need right he's got like a billion of them in his, in his lab uh, mostly he uses them to you know to work on different grips and things and see how they react to different elements in the in the um, atmosphere but so he had this he had the he had the ball right and I'm thinking there I'm looking at it, it's just just dangling there in the satchel you know and like hey Tom. You know, is that the is that the ball? He's like, yeah, I'm ke- uh, that's that one's for me. I'm keeping that one. Now you know the Hall of Fame wants it, right? Oh sure. And then and then probably in a couple of years he'll decide. Yeah, let's see how many millions of dollars I could get for this thing. Make it a um, non fungible token, and you know, there you go. You can buy yeah, with crypto. Def- you can buy with this crypto. And- you can buy with this, an NFT with all this crypto, right? Um, no, no, but no, hold on. I got to correct was- you though. You said you, you you never see Tom Brady with footballs unless he shows up at the wrong offensive coordinator's house. Yeah, he does that. Yeah, he brings a bag of them then, yeah. But you know, you know like you know, I mean, I'm I just that, I'm trying to think like how many game balls do you think Tom Brady's been given, right? Maybe they even just stopped in New England like yeah, you can't give that guy a game ball anymore. But um he wanted that one. He made it clear. He goes, "Oh, that's for me. You know, I'm keeping this one." And uh the Hall of Fame probably wants it, I'm sure. And and maybe it'll be on display there some at some point. They should but, get the ball that, you know, the first snap of the game ball that, you know, he went back to New England. Let him have that one. But yeah, yeah, Brady yeah. should keep the record one. I thought it was cool too that Mike Evans caught it. You know, I wanted you know you kind of want somebody that's you know of substance. Gronk wasn't there, so you know who would it be? A B or or uh, or Mike. So it was cool. It was cool that Mike got it. 
All right, thanks for your question. We'll get to more of those as the week goes on. And tomorrow we'll talk a little college football. Matt Baker will tell me why I shouldn't have been yada, yada, yada about Kentucky, as it turns out, in Florida. Just ask him about Ole Miss, though. I'll I'll definitely ask him about Ole Miss. And and did he have his popcorn ready for uh, Lane Kiffin and what went down there? He's got Georgia and Alabama as kind of one and one A. I think he thinks maybe Georgia's just a tad better right now. At least their schedule has been. So, yeah, a lot of college football talk. And then – then on, I guess on what would it be Thursday? Thursday for We're, the Rays uh, opening the ALDS. We got Mark Topkin coming on. Yeah, that's a huge treat. We'll get you ready for that. We'll know by the end of the tonight who their uh, opponent will be, and uh, we can get get excited about that. The Rays, uh, the the game times are already out. So yeah, eight o'clock um, Thursday, seven o'clock uh, Friday. Those are home games. Then Sunday four o'clock is the road game. Yeah, afternoon, which I like, which you probably like. No, I don't want to compete with Sunday Night Football, I guess. Yeah, that's usually the case. But the Rays will get plenty of run in, in the playoffs, and they should. Best team uh, in the American League. So, Good week planned ahead. Uh, keep it right here, and we appreciate your uh, mailbag questions as always. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.